0: Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and this week, in the latest of our Meet the Board series, I've been talking to Duncan Langford, who's responsible for the club's social media presence and is a serial model registrar. Good afternoon, Duncan. Good afternoon, Guy. It's nice to be here. So we'll talk about your role on the board later on, but just to give... Uh, listeners a bit of background how did you get involved with Alphas in the first place it goes back
1: not as long as some members I, I would guess I could be classed as relatively new into the alpha world but I think it was around about 2010 so not not a huge number of years ago but significantly more than I care to remember now <laughs> I've driven all the normal cars and at the time I had a Ford Focus which was just fairly generic and boring I was looking at changing it and I happened to walk by Sturgis in Leicester and saw, looked in the window as I walked by and saw this lovely little sleek black car with red leather seats and thought that looks nice. So uh, I kind of just wandered in and had a look and it was a Mito and I'd seen a couple on this road but I'd never really thought about Alfa Romeo before and obviously being ignorant of such things i heard that obviously i thought about all the things about alfa romeo that are unreliable and blah 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 but i chatted to the salesman and had a look around this car and thought wow this is really nice um so went home had a word with the other half um about exchanging the car and did a deal and i think about two weeks later we were over picking up a uh a black the Black Mito Veloce with red leather interior and yeah as soon as I drove it off out of the showroom put it into Dynamic and flew off down the road and it was that was it it was the uh, start of the
0: obsession. So that was what coming up to 11 years ago now how's your ownership journey gone since then what, what followed the Mito?
1: Okay, so I had the Mito for getting on for 18 months, two years. And then I just happened to be passing the show again and I stuck my head in and just had a look around. And was like, oh, Giulietta, what's this then? I thought, oh, a bigger car, that might be quite nice. And they said, do you want to take one out for a test drive? So go on then. So (laughs) I took a, uh, a, I think it was a Giulietta Veloce as well. I took that out for for a bit of a spin and thought, oh, this is not bad quite like my mito but this this feels a bit more meaty so well, mm. so anyway so I traded in got a uh, new mito veloce about two months later after it wheeled its way from italy i had that then i went back to a mito for a while i had a mito sbk so one of the limited edition mitos that they did for uh, the world superbike championships and i go Lo and behold, I go to one of our local uh, Alpha Club meetings and somebody else turns up in one. So not quite so limited as I thought, but there were only 200 in the country. So. so I had one of those, then I went back to a Giulietta, but this time with the TCT box. And then I think back to a Mito, uh, a Mito uh, QF with the TCT box in uh, lovely grey. Then I went back to a, a. When I changed jobs, I went back to a silver Julietta diesel, two litre diesel, which was fantastic on mileage, fantastic to drive. Um, but by then the Julia had appeared. New Julias were a little bit out of my reach at the time, but uh, I waited and waited. And luckily, uh, my my fellow um, board member, Paul Jones, who's working for Alpha at the time, managed to source me a very low mileage used Julia uh, Speciale. And I got that two years ago
0: and I'm still driving that now. So I've kind of creeped up, the, creeped up the scale over the years. Couldn't decide whether you wanted an A or a B segment car and then said, no, no, C, definitely a C segment. Yeah. So you mentioned the club as you were going through your, your ownership history. How, how and when did you get involved with the owners club? Actually, it was, it was, it was in 2010,
1: but I didn't join the club until quite late 2010 we got the car on the friday and on sunday was mick car at chatsworth house but prior to getting the car i joined an online group i think AlfaRona, the forum and there were a few people local from the east midland saying oh we're all meeting at some uh, someplace in derbyshire and then going to drive up to chatsworth for you know everybody's welcome to come along so i thought well, so I did, I went along there and met, met a few people and we all went in convoy to Mitcar at Chatsworth, had a great time, met some nice people. Um, and it was only, I think, after that, that I realized there was this thing called the Alfa Mara Owners Club. Um, and then I started having a look around So, oh, they've got an East Midlands section. And I thought, oh, the section meeting is like five miles from my house. That sounds good. So I messaged John. John Griffiths, who's our chairman, and uh, said, "Oh, you know, I've just bought a Mito, and I'm interested in finding out more. Come along!" And I did, and I went along to the first meeting, and the rest, as they say, is history. That was it. I was, I was hooked. Such a nice, friendly group. No, I thought, oh, I mean, this is all going to be pipe and slippers people with old alphas, and very much who's this new youngster? But there were quite a few
0: younger people there with younger and uh, relatively new cars, and that was it. I was. I was hooked. <laughs> so it was only a couple of months to join the club. How long was it before you got involved in the sections and registers, and, and indeed the board? It kind of just happened naturally. I think. Obviously, I got to know sort of the the group, the
1: key group that were there. So it was John Griffiths and um, the two Bryans and various other people. And I think I think it was wasn't actually until it was possibly later that year there was a local event. And then I think it was into the spring of the following year that we did a few local sort of events and I went along and they said, Oh, we want volunteers to come and help marshal and things like that. And I kind of started doing, it. and then somehow I got became like one of the regulars on the, uh, email for the East Midlands <laughs> group of organizing things. And it just sort of went on from there. And then I think I did my first, we helped out spring alpha day the following year. Um, and then obviously we hosted Mitcar. And pretty much then I was I was hooked on getting involved. And I'd I'd always been one of those people that liked to be involved in my previous job. Um I liked to uh, do the extracurricular stuff outside my normal job, which was always fun. And
0: so it was kind of, I guess, a, a development of that that <laughs> that I'd get involved in this as well. So you didn't really join in as much as as get assimilated by the section.
1: Yeah, I got I got sucked in by John Griffiths' enthusiasm, I think. That was
0: the... <laughs> and then in terms of model registrars, uh, I, I mean, the, the obvious question is, which model registrar are you going to be next? But uh, how did that come about? And, and what's your history with the registers? I mean, I think the Mito
1: register. Now, I, can't, I think it was before I was on the board. I think, I'm going to say it's Chris Heen, who's still kicking around in, in the club somewhere. I, I, I hear from him every now and again. I think at the time, he was looking for somebody to take over the mito register and this was before the days of really heavy social media use and i think i just stuck my arm up and went oh why am i doing that because i like the mito and i've got a mito and it kind of went from there and once once i kind of got hold of it then i went a bit got stickers made my friend in italy so italian designed a logo for the mito register and then i had then i thought oh actually we could do with our own image so i had polo shirts and t-shirts made and <sighs> a little snowball from there as well as trying to drum up the enthusiasm and bring maybe a a slightly younger crowd along to the events and obviously some of the Mito lineups even though David Faithful is doing uh he's he's taken what I did and then just done about 10 million times more but some of the lineups back in those days of the Mito's Mito's were by far (laughs) the biggest uh group at any of our events and, and the straightest line. usually the straightest lines because again i i've got a bit of ocd so my uh, my piece of string came out and i was kneeling down on the floor as people were pulling in and then having to go no back again forward an inch back an inch and i think people probably think who is this nutcase but i was also running up and down the line saying hello to everybody as they arrived and saying oh, are you a member of the club Here's a meter register sticker. Put this in your window and just generally make. And park there or else. Yeah. And don't leave before we finish. Otherwise, you'll mess up my
0: lines. Yeah. It was that quite. No, I wasn't quite that tyrannical. Your ownership then kind of ping pong between. Mito and Julietta. so when, when did the transition to the Julieta register happen?
1: I think it was not long after I got my, I can't remember if it was my first or my second Julieta, I, I, I've lost track now, but I think it was not long after I, I changed to Julieta, I thought, well I can't really be the Mito register anymore, that's cheating. And I, again, it just sort of happened because of my involvement in the club anyway, I think it was just a case of that. I think at the time, the Giulietta registrar was, was looking at stepping back a little bit. And I thought, well, I'm not the meter registrar anymore, but I quite liked doing what I was doing. So I kind of took the Giulietta register and, and more or less did the same thing that I did with the meter register and went, right, stickers, t-shirts, see what else we can do. And then again, then the Giulietta's became the big lines at, the <laughs> at all the shows then. And then David Faithful came in and 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 say, took on the mitos and did a brilliant job of that and he still is. So
0: you didn't um, you weren't tempted to go back to the mito register when you when you swapped back to a mito.
1: No, because I think by then David had, had had made it his own and I think by that time then I think I was already starting to move towards getting more involved in the club and um the board membership which is getting on for I think 5 years now. So we've kind of moved into the mid <laughs> mid 2010s. <laughs> And now co-registrar for the Julia? Yeah. And trying to drum up it's a different it's a different crowd. So it's it's a different um target audience. So I'm trying to think of different things, but obviously the last year has kind of put a kibosh on <laughs> some of the plans and actually just getting to meet people and, and talk to people and see actually what it is they really feel and think. Is it just something that they like driving and it's their daily driver? Because generally my julia is whereas i'd love to have a show car but i got my julia because i do a lot of miles for work and it's mega mega economical so but also brilliant fun to drive so yeah the the julia register um i've got more plans but hopefully now things seem to be moving in the right direction we can start
0: to see see some of that actually coming to light well, we have a roadmap. we just don't have a, a fixed timetable yet do we no any plans to um to take over the tonale register or is that um that not your your bettler fish i wouldn't mind one but i mean i, I
1: as far as i know with the tonale because that that's my next thing i've been kind of eyeing electric cars um because obviously our, our household has been quite italian as well because once i had the um alpha uh, my wife then got into a bath and she's had well two and a half bath 595s five, so the half was one that that was ruined and then had to be given back to a bath but that's the story but we've just got rid of our last bath now and we're now looking at replacing that with, with something electric from the new Stellantis range so it will either be the 500e when that appears or Terracet Peugeot E200 mm-hmm. but but what I am I, I'd, I'd be interested in the Tenale but particularly i think i'm i'm qu- be- becoming quite interested in in the concept of electric vehicles now so even though i love to hear of an alpha v8 or a v6 engine rumbling away but i think it's probably the way things are going to go so if they ever did full electric tonale or a full electric something that would probably be that would be interesting to me i think because it's a whole new i think it would be to bring in a whole new membership base i think that probably it's an alpha but it's electric so i'm doing my bit (laughs) not to kill the planet but i'm also driving an iconic italian brand so i think that's quite interesting i think particularly if if alpha can make a electric vehicle i mean i think the Tonale is going to be hybrid initially but i think if they can make an electric vehicle with that italian style i think we will make it stand out from a lot of the other It's just an electric version of of our petrol thing. I think that will make a huge difference. Now, probably it will bring in a different different
0: group of people into the club, hopefully. Moving on to your role on the board, I guess part of the defined part of your role, rather than just being a general board member, is also about engaging with a a demographic that the club traditionally hasn't been associated with.
1: Yeah, I think... The, the social media side of things, I think took it took a while, I think for the club to to fully embrace it. And that's that's not a negative statement. I think it's just a case of you don't want to go into stuff too soon. And particularly when you see, obviously the, the negative side of social media and how that can have an effect. So I think the club is sensible. I can't take all the credit for it because my predecessor on the board, who I actually took the role after was uh, simon addison and he was the one who originally set up the very first facebook page for a rock and then really once i got in, my sort of role was to try and enhance that make it a little bit more just put more content into it really and then it's kind of snowballed from there and obviously again over the preceding years w- with huge help again from the the graphically ge- or graphic genius of david um faithful, and his his assistance on that side of things has been really great. and we've now got a massive raft of um, social media, particularly on Facebook. We're also on like you know there's the Twitter accounts when I remember to put the updates on there, but I'm usually it's usually you that prompts me to do that because I see the the stuff coming from your side, and I tend to go, oh, I better retweet that or put it on as a new tweet and Instagram as well. Instagram seems to be less. Because it's not basically people on there doing um it's not individual selfies or anything like that so in, instagram seems to be less of a of, of a draw i think but we still get plenty of hits on it and particularly the podcasts and things always re-post on instagram and they seem to get a lot of likes and a lot of comments so i think it's just a different given angle but the facebook group is really is where it's really at for social media and i'm quite pleased that that's well we passed ten thousand. <laughs> Ten thousand members. Whether all ten thousand of those own Alfa Romeos, I don't know, but
0: it's it's, a, it's, it's almost a certainly group. more than more than ten thousand Alfa Romeos owned by that group. Because yeah, the, the, the <laughs> average is closer to two or three, isn't it? Yeah, well, or or some members in our section have got six or seven, which I think is just yeah. greedy. But <laughs> you're only jealous. I am. I mean, one of the things I've noticed. I mean, I I started attending board meetings when I became editor. What three years ago now amazingly it's even in that time there's been an incredible transition in the social media activity when I first joined the board it was all about trying to encourage registers and sections that didn't have a presence to to get on Facebook and and build a, a Facebook presence using some of the tools and templates that you'd put together whereas now it's more about managing the the volume and the quality of the the interactions than it is about getting people on board. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's great
1: that we've got so many good registrars in the club that are genuinely enthusiastic about it. And we can more or less leave most of the register pages to to police themselves and to put their own content out there. Um, so things like the one five nine register gets a, gets a massive amount of use, obviously David's Mito registrar, the Stelvio, uh, registrar register that's getting um, lots of use and obviously with people buying Julius so there's always new posts on the Julia register but yeah it's I think the main Facebook group is where probably most of us from the board and the admins on Facebook spend most of our time and that's just doing the normal stuff because everybody has an opinion on Facebook and sometimes those opinions can get a little bit heated and it's it's about playing the, uh, the diplomat in the middle and Trying to calm down.
0: Any plans in the short to medium term to to do anything different in terms of our social media presence? No, I
1: think it's really just seeing what 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 changes come about. I mean, I think I like the idea of um, particularly at the moment, and even when we get back to meeting, I, I really like the idea of these kind of sessions, so podcasting or or just uh, video group meetings you can at least just have a get everybody together have a chat have a discussion possibly get um somebody like yourself or somebody else in uh, a, a special guest in to particularly talk about um some so um yeah there's things like that really just trying to gauge and make it more interactive for people so there's a better link between facebook the club website and particularly to the forum because obviously we've got the forum still on web pages um but i don't think huge number of people from facebook use it or huge number of people on social media use it and vice versa there's still that kind of big disconnect i think there's the hardcore forum people over here and the hardcore social media people and i think probably figuring out a
0: way of making everybody feel included i think would probably be a really really nice thing to do i was going to bring up the forum because it's you know, it's been around a long time now, and the people who love it, love it. Um And, and you know, we would never want to take it away f- from those people. But I guess the challenge is making sure that the, the forum members feel as loved as the Facebook members when you can reach 10,000 people on the Facebook group and, you know, with the best will in the world, a couple of hundred on the forums. Yeah,
1: I mean... I <laughs> I I assume there's some technology somewhere out there that allows whatever's posted here, so particularly on social media, can be replicated in a relevant place on the forum. I'm guessing, as I've thought of it, and there's ways many smarter people than me out there, uh, there's got to be a way of that then linking and integrating to that so at least when we say something on here it gets replicated over here so at least people are getting drawn in now as i said somebody far cleverer than me will probably have to figure out how that actually works but
0: something like that would be really nice to see my guess is that if david hasn't figured out how to do it yet can't be done yet i'll make a mental note talk to david later about So we talked about your social media role on the board, but everybody also, you know, has a kind of general board member role. How have you found your your time on the board, and, and what do you think your your contribution is? It's been enjoyable. I mean, it, it's it's hard to describe
1: because obviously, particularly in the last year, it's it's all gone a bit. Obviously, the only way we talk to each other is, is this way: social media or or on the phone. Or yeah, I think some of the other things I've been involved in is, say, bringing in. Obviously, we started off with some good uh, member benefits when I joined the board. But I think, and again, that some of those, you know, just just sending messages off to a few people and saying, "Oh, would you be interested in offering this us a discount?" has <laughs> tended to work. So there's a bit of fuel on there. So I'm quite quite proud of some of the things that are still there. Some of them have disappeared by the wayside. So things like that, and just I think, well, I'm not young anymore, but I think <laughs> I felt a lot younger when I joined the board. Well, I think I was still probably one of the younger members on the board so maybe I brought a bit of the uh, well um mid 30s late 40s enthusiasm to to the board which I hope is still there and hopefully I can uh, it, I can carry on with that going into the
0: future and we've talked you know briefly about what an odd year last year was and and this year's continuing to be looks like things are going to get back to normal Sometime around the the summer. So, what are your yeah. hopes and aspirations for for the second half of this year and into next year with the club? I'm definitely
1: hoping that the way the dates fall, and if everybody gets their jab in time, and all that all that stuff happens, that National Alpha Day will will go ahead this year because it was such a fantastic day last time at Vista. I mean, it was really. I don't think I had anybody follow up afterwards say they didn't enjoy the day. They just thought it was absolutely fantastic. The fact that you can walk around the little buildings and see almost individual little car shows as you walked around, plus the central stuff that was going on. And obviously the plans for this year's, if fingers crossed that it goes ahead, um, look even better the fact that we've got, uh, hopefully some big Alfa Romeo involvement as well from Alfa Romeo UK. and all the other things just things like that that obviously uh, hopefully our east midlands mick car will take place that's i think going to be hopefully around about the end of august ish so that would be not it'd be just nice just to get back out there again give me a give me a push to clean my car again because because i've been using it for what work, work and not work over the last year it's feeling a bit neglected so it'll uh, give me the incentive to get out and give it a good
0: polish again yeah, I know, I know how you feel. I've, I'm waiting for the incentive to MOT my spider. and surviving on the Giulietta at the moment. but We've talked about the Alphas you've owned, but we seem to be living in an era of £150 million plus Euro millions rollovers. Anything you'd buy if you won one of those? I've got a bit of a list
1: because luckily being, being involved in the club, I've actually got to drive quite a few different types of Alphas which has been really great so I've driven you a know, 4C so probably I think a 4C would be on my list just because it's just so much fun to drive obviously all the usual it'd have to be the QF of both the Stelvio and the Giulietta just because I definitely think a, a GTV V6 so definitely one of those because again such an iconic engine as well, but my absolute and I would really need a Euro Millions win for this because there's very few of them about, and they go for millions and millions of beer. So 1937 HC 2900B Lungo Berlinetta. That's a name and a half, but I just love the shape of those cars from that time. That that Art Deco kind of uh, 1930s. Just you knew somebody rather than on a computer, just with a pencil when what's going to look fast (laughs) and just drew a couple of lines and I think that car is absolutely gorgeous so yeah money no object it would definitely be
0: something like that but I'd have to have a very big garage because there'd be a lot a lot of alphas going in there and the Berlinette is pretty long so it'd have to be a, a big garage just to get that in definitely brilliant Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Duncan. Yeah, thanks, Guy. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks' time on the 14th of March. As usual, you'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, YouTube, and anywhere else podcasts are found from 1.30pm on Sunday. Until then, stay safe.